Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by K-12 Powered Schools. Tuition-free, online, accredited public schools for kindergarten through 12th grade. We want to set our kids up for success, and that means making sure they're receiving the best education, one that's right for them and their needs. If you're in need of an alternative schooling option for your child, I highly recommend checking out K-12 Powered Schools. This is different from homeschooling where you are the teacher. K-12 Powered Schools has state-certified teachers that are trained online educators and they utilize hands-on, innovative technology to make learning interactive. Help your child gain the skills they need to thrive in the future with K-12. There's still time to get started for the fall. Go to k12.com slash 3in30 today to learn more and find a tuition-free K-12-powered school near you. That's the letter K, the number 12.com slash 3in30, k12.com slash 3in30. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. past few years, I have been on a quest to become a better decision maker, someone who trusts myself more fully and takes decisive action, knowing that no decision is a perfect decision. This hasn't always come naturally to me. Decision making used to feel paralyzing for me, and sometimes I would think about a decision and spin and overanalyze and weigh all of my options for literally weeks before I took any action. And honestly, sometimes I would just never decide and therefore never take any action at all. I am still a work in progress, but I have gotten so much better in the past several years at trusting myself to make a decision and move forward without overthinking it. And someone whose work I've learned so much from on this topic, and many other topics, is Kendra Adachi, two-time New York Times bestselling author of The Lazy Genius Way and The Lazy Genius Kitchen. Kendra's podcast, The Lazy Genius Podcast, has over 23 million downloads and covers everything from cooking chicken to making friends. As a systems expert and professional permission giver, Kendra helps others stop doing it all for the sake of doing what matters. She lives in North Carolina with her husband and three kids, and it's an honor to have her on the show today to give us her takeaways on how to be calmer, more grounded decision makers. Here's my conversation with Kendra Adachi. 
Kendra, welcome to 3 and 30. It is a delight to have you on the show. It is a delight to be here, Rachel. Thank you. Well, I have read both of your books. I frequently listen to your podcast. I love what you do. I've heard you described as having kind big sister energy. And mm -hmm. I think that is a perfect description of this sort of practical but grace-filled we can do this attitude that you have on your show, wise big sister energy. Thank so, you. I'm so glad you're going to be bringing that to 3 and 30 today as we talk about a topic that I think is tricky for a lot of women, and that is making decisions. So as I was trying to think about what to title the episode, I'm playing with like how to be a better decision maker. But then I'm like, is that what it is? Being a better decision mm. maker? Is it being a faster decision maker? It's just eliminating this sense of panic sort of around decisions and discomfort and feeling of I'm not going to get it right. That's what I'm hoping that your takeaways can bring to us today when we talk about decision making. Yeah. I wonder if it's being a calmer decision maker. Because that's I how I personally approach making decisions. Because if I'm not intentional about it, I say that I'm a, a caffeinated squirrel, <laughs> like on a treadmill. So it can very easily come across any forward momentum, which decisions feel that way. It's like, oh, I have to do this thing to get me to this next place. Mm -hmm. And if we see decision making as this forward facing thing, there's a lot of frantic energy around yes. the edges. And so I love like a grounded decision maker, a calmer decision maker. Mm -hmm. You can make decisions faster if you want. You can make decisions in a better, quote unquote, better if you want. But I don't think you can do either of those things if you are losing your mind at the same time. Mm hmm. Yes. Well, I'm so excited because this is a sticky point for me personally. I'm naturally kind of a perfectionist and overanalyzer. I want to make the right decision. I think I've gotten better with age at that, but I know it can really cause a lot of paralysis for a lot of us when we're trying to make just the perfect decision for our families. Yeah. So let's jump in with your three takeaways on how to be a calmer, more grounded decision maker. So what's your first takeaway for us? The first one is to make your decision smaller, make it smaller. We are real good, real good at making things enormous mm. and it's all or nothing. Like what you're deciding right now has to be what you decide forever. That if you are trying to figure out, like if you have a preschooler or something, like mm -hmm. where should I send my kid when it's time to go to school for kindergarten? And you're not thinking about kindergarten. You're thinking about till they're 22. You know, <laughs> like it's just a giant trajectory. And that's not too much, you guys. It's too much. So my first one is to make it smaller. Whatever decision you're facing, whether it is something that does have significant ramifications, let's say, mm -hmm. like education, like where you choose to live, like what kind of job you have. There are lots of different pretty significant things. I'm not saying that those are not important. But then there are also decisions that are like, should we go to the grocery store now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or should we wait till later? You know, should we go to the park even though it's like getting cloudy or should we do something different? There are lots of decisions that are not quite as high risk. Mm. Yet the way that our brains work when we are faced with a decision, especially if we do have kind of that frantic energy around it, is it does feel sort of like survival. It does feel kind of make or break. And if you make the wrong decision, then everything is trashed for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So instead of seeing it as big, like either conceptually big or emotionally big, if you can make it smaller, if you can make the decision that you're making or the way that you are approaching it smaller, 
Mm. I think you're going to be able to make calmer decisions. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you gave the example of should we go to the park, whether it's cloudy or not? Should we go to the store now or later? Because those sort of small decisions, they're kind of low risk I feel like I almost think of them as practice for the bigger decisions. I'll just mm. tell myself, just decide and go to the park. And if it ends up being the quote, wrong decision, at least you made a decision. Like those smaller, low risk decisions give me practice in being a more decisive, assertive decision maker for some of the bigger things and help me to just learn to trust myself and see that, oh, maybe that was the quote, wrong decision because it did end up raining. But guess what? It was fine. And nobody died. And right. on the bigger decisions, it's true too. If I make some missteps along the way, it's going to be fine. And we're going to rally and we're going to figure it out. So yeah. trusting myself with the little decisions helps me trust myself with the bigger ones. And I wonder if trusting yourself with the little decisions, it's also about not just trusting like, okay, whatever this decision ends up being, like we're going to be okay. It's also trusting yourself and still feeling grounded in who you are, even if you are wrong. Because mm -hmm. what you just said is more focused a little bit more on the results. Mm -hmm. And I think that is equally important. And then there's also the side of like, how are you feeling about you? It mm. gives you practice to feel good in your own body that, oh, I made mm -hmm. this decision and it didn't work out quite the way I thought. But like, I'm not a bad decision maker. I'm just mm. a person who picked something and it rained. Like it's yes. okay, you know, like yes. it's, it's, there's an inward trust, there's an inward comfort, which I think leads to feeling more empowered. You can see more clearly that decisions don't have to be right or wrong. They're neutral. You're just, mm. you're just choosing and yeah. you can practice the choosing and get comfortable with the choosing no matter the result. Yes, so true. So if you have a really big, like higher stakes decision, how do you make that smaller? So for example, our family several years ago bought a piece of land in our town that we eventually want to build a house on. Who knows when that'll be? But my husband is definitely overthinking this. <laughs> and it, There's he's always like, a, an overthinker in every relationship. There's always one. Unfortunately, we both are that way, but <laughs> him maybe even more than me. But this feels so big to him and he wants to get it right. And so how do I help him make a decision like that feel smaller? Because it is a big deal and it's a lot of money and it'll probably be our home for the rest of our lives. But it's almost like he can't take any first step because it feels so big. Yeah, totally. Well, you didn't even mean to do this, but that is a wonderful segue into the second takeaway. <laughs> oh, perfect. And I didn't even do it on purpose. So. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, I would say if you have a big decision in front of you and you don't quite see how to make it smaller, a way you can is to name what matters. Mm. Name what matters about the process, the end result, whatever it is. Like, the, you know, there are lots of ways to see this. And that's why I love the concept of naming what matters because it's so personal and versatile because you can name what matters about what you're going to eat for dinner that night and where you're going to live for the rest of your life. You know, like it covers the gamut. Mm -hmm. So I would say for this situation, going into a conversation around, okay, so where's the stress existing? Is it about the timing? Is it about the money? Like what is the area of the decision that just feels like the sparkliest in like it's, it's on fire or it's the most exciting, whichever one. And then about that thing, whatever that like pain point is or excitement point is or inflection point is you go, okay, well, what matters the most about this? Mm -hmm. Is it that we 
don't have to take out a construction loan? Is it that we don't have our daily lives impacted by having to be at this other property all the time or you know something like that? So maybe that affects the timing of things or how old your kids might be when you begin or you know like if you can name what matters and you can start big with that too. You know, you can just say like what matters is I don't want us to go into debt. Mm. Okay? Great. If that's what matters, let's try to make that smaller. Okay. What are we concerned about with money and debt specifically? Is it that there are going to be things that show up in the construction process. You know, that's just a natural part of building things and, you know, like creating a home that there are these unforeseen things. So for some people moving into a situation where there are so many unknowns Mm -hmm. creates a lot of fear and a lot of reluctance to begin. And so the more you can kind of just go down that path of what matters most, what's sticking out here, what, what matters, and you just keep walking. You just keep walking. And I think a lot of times we land on, like, we know when we've gotten there. We're like, oh, here we are. We've realized that the reason we haven't started yet is because we're afraid we're going to go into debt. And we're not trusting the fact that we have been saving for this, that we don't have to go fast. We can go slow. It's okay. Maybe it's about spending more time asking around for recommendations of a builder to use, like that you take a lot longer to do that than you might normally, that who gives you the best quote, because you want somebody who's reliable more than who is inexpensive or someone Mm. who is transparent in their communication than who is inexpensive, because that matters more. You naming what matters about a decision really helps narrow that focus, narrow that lens on where to focus your decision-making energy in a really, really big context. Yeah, for sure. It absolutely makes sense. And I don't know if it's because I've listened to enough lazy genius to have this principle drilled into my mind of naming what matters. (laughs) But I've had this conversation with Ryan where I've said, okay, let's make a list of all the things that could matter. Yep. And then let's decide what does matter. So what are our top priorities? Is it low cost? Is it speed of construction? Is it aesthetics of the house and like beauty, you know, we've brainstormed a whole big list. And then we have to choose what the most important or the couple most important are, and prioritize those. But I do get pushback from him when I try to go through this exercise with him of he says, but it all matters. It all matters to me. That's always the answer. (laughs) He's like, I want something really beautiful and unique. But I also want something inexpensive. And I'm like, well, it's possible that we could get both of those things. But maybe not probable based on where we live and all this. So what do you do if you or someone you love wants it all? Like, how do you name what matters when you want it all? I mean, I know there's not just like an easy answer for this, but give us some Kendra wisdom on when you want it all. How do you name what matters? Well, the first thing that pops into my mind as you were saying that, because I think it actually exists in the construction world where it's the what is it? Cheap, fast, good. I think that's what it is. It's like cheap, fast, good. And you, you pick two. (laughs) Like you don't get all three, you know, like you can pick two. If you want it to be cheap and fast, it's not going to be good. If you want to be cheap and good, it's not going to be fast because you're gonna have to take your time to find the things. And if you want it fast and good, it is definitely not going to be cheap. So, uh, so there's a, there's that. But as you were talking, it made me think when we do want it all to matter, it's kind of like uh, Liz Lemon in the airport in 30 Rock and she's eating her sandwich. She's, she's screaming, I can have it all. That's what I always imagine is her mouth full screaming, I can have it all. Because she can't take her sandwich through security. It's fine. Is this phrase. It's this phrase. Match your expectations with the energy you're willing to give. 
Mm-hmm. If you have really high expectations, then that's okay. It's okay to have really high expectations. But if you do, and you do not match your energy, your research, your emotional awareness to be able to walk through a difficult decision-making, money-related, like all of these things, like do my expectations match the energy I'm willing to give this? Mm. And if the answer is no, then you have to cut something out. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe the way to approach that, rather than being like, okay, what's the one thing that matters most, even though I think that's eventually the goal that you want to come to, is like you have one singular priority. It doesn't mean that other things don't count. Mm. It just means you are at a crossroads where only one thing can matter. You know what matters most. And you can just go ahead and roll with that. But maybe coming at it from the standpoint of what's the one thing that can matter, you can say, what's one thing we can let go? Mm. Do it backwards. You yes. know, like if you have your big list of like what could matter, go, okay, well, if everything can matter, okay, what's, well, what matters the least at least? Mm-hmm. Let's blame that. Like what matters the least? So we could just know that if that comes into the conversation, we don't have to worry about it. And you can have uh, almost like categories, like a hierarchy, so to speak, of like, well, these are the things that for sure matter the most that I'm willing to let go of these others. And this is like mid-tier would be great. These, it's like, it would be great, but it's also okay. It's okay if we don't do this. It's okay if this takes a lot longer. Or this mm-hmm. is okay if, you know, whatever the case may be. So those are those are my two approaches to that. Match your expectations to the energy you're willing to give. And instead of naming what matters most, start with what matters the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super helpful. I feel like this goes back to an activity I do with women in my self-assured motherhood program. I tell them that the very first unit that we do is voice your values mm-hmm. and when I ask women to narrow to their top five values, that's really difficult because when you look at them, you think, well, all of these matter. It's true. (laughs) They do all matter. Honesty, fun, adventure, resourcefulness. But when they all matter, nothing matters. So absolutely. You know, I always tell them when you choose five, I'm not saying that the rest don't matter. I'm not saying that you're saying, well, I don't care about honesty. I'm just going to go be a crook. You know, (laughs) it still matters, but what matters most? And we do some sorting exercises to get down to those top three to five priorities that matter most to them. And there is a little bit of a grief, I think, sometimes in like, I can't have it all. And I have to like sit with that a little bit and then choose and move forward, naming what matters most to me at this time in this season, in this decision, big or small. I love in your books, like in the Lazy Genius Kitchen, you have people do this, name what matters for things like how they set up their kitchen, how they meal plan. Like, is it having elaborate meals that are really gourmet that taste amazing? Is it having meals that are really fast to put together? Is it having economical meals? You know, and you give a whole bunch of different name what matters categories for each Mm -hmm. of these decisions and then help people sort of walk through how to narrow that down, which is super helpful. So I want to point that out that this isn't just for the big, big decisions in life, but also in something as seemingly small as meal planning for your family that week. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. If I'm experiencing a big life change or if there's something weighing heavy on my mind, I can always count on one thing, racing thoughts to keep me awake at night. (laughs) But seriously, sometimes I even opt to get out of bed and do a late night or early morning work session to occupy my brain for a while. Thanks to trusted therapists, I have learned to identify this pattern in my life, which makes me less likely to shame spiral or catastrophize my poor night of sleep, and instead 
rely on the positive coping skills I've learned to manage anxiety and negative thoughts. If you could use some help in this area and you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend starting with BetterHelp. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and don't forget you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash 3in30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3in30. This podcast is also sponsored by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. I'm welcoming back to school and the change in the season, which hopefully means less drive throughs and more eating around the table together. And I think today's guest would agree that Green Chef is the perfect embodiment of a lazy genius principle. It helps me plan ahead and get restaurant-quality meals on the table a few days a week with Green Chef, so we can really embrace staples and on-the-go eating the other days of the week. Green Chef offers delicious dinners ready in 25 minutes or less, 10-minute lunches, grab-and-go lunches, and more. The sesame ginger chicken was perfect for our family of four. The flavor was amazing, and it was just as delicious for leftovers the next day. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a wide range of recipes to suit your preferences. With so many customizable options, you can't go wrong with Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Go to greenchef.com slash 63and30 and use code 63and30 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash 603IN30 and use code 63IN30 for 60% off plus free shipping. And then what's your third takeaway for us on how to be a calmer, more grounded decision maker? So you mentioned my books. One of the first one that I wrote is called The Lazy Genius Way, and it is a book of 13 principles that you can use to apply in any situation, no matter your life stage, you can put a couple together. Like it's just this really lovely little Swiss army knife of tools for your Mm -hmm. entire life. They're not hacks, they're principles. And one of those principles, the very first one in the book, which is everybody's favorite because it's just so shiny and fun, Mm -hmm. is to decide once. Decide once. So that's the third takeaway. Decide once is what it sounds like. It is making one decision about one thing, one time, And then you just keep rolling until that decision doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. So something like Taco Tuesdays, decide once. We have tacos on Tuesday. Boom. You're not worried about Tuesday's dinner anymore. That's amazing. (laughs) You know, there was a a while where I had a Monday uniform. I don't anymore. I'd had a Monday uniform for like five years, but it was a decide once. Every Monday, I wore black bottoms and a chambray shirt. Every Monday. It was was decided. Done. Mm -hmm. And you can decide once about literally everything. Like we have had probably, I think it's five birthday parties that my kids have been invited to in the last three weeks or so. Mm. We either get a board game or an art supply. Now that's deciding once a little broader. It's not like one specific decision, but it sure does help when you're like, well, what is this kid like? Should we get him like a toy car? Should we, you go to a toy store and you're super overwhelmed. You you go, oh no, let's go to the game wall. Let's Mm -hmm. pick a game this kid would like. Or let's go to the art store and figure out like what supplies this kid would like. So decide once, I feel like it's just the shiniest, sparkliest, most magical tool for anybody, but for moms especially, because moms make a million decisions. Mm -hmm. So if you can make 
a half a million of them once and then not for a little while. And half a million, that was a joke. It's hyperbole. Like, just do it one time. Decide once about one thing. It will still make a huge difference if you just do it about one thing. Yes. Oh, I think about this principle a lot when I'm trying to simplify my life and I'm overthinking and overanalyzing things. Like, I love the birthday gift example. It could even be like, as a grown up, what do I want to give my girlfriends this year for their birthdays if I do that? You know, is like, okay, found this amazing lip mask that I love and I just bought 20 of them and right. it's going to be my go-to gift for anybody that I hear has a birthday or something like it was decide once. One for me was I decided my daughter is not overly particular about clothes. She doesn't have a strong opinion about it. I know that varies by kid. Some people wouldn't be able to do this. But for my daughter, I decided once that she is just going to wear black leggings until she fights me on that. And yeah. so that way I know it will go with any top, any dress, any like I just buy her seven pairs of black leggings in her size. And then that was an easy decide once for me. Similar yeah. for my son. We have one brand of gap, like sort of joggers that are comfortable, that are at least decently cute, that when they're on sale, I buy a whole bunch of them. And until he starts to care a lot more about what he wears, that is my decide once for my son's wardrobe. That's a simple example for me. Do you have any other favorite decide onces from (laughs) your life or from your community that you've heard that you thought were creative for simplifying mom life? Yeah, for sure. So a couple that we do, Pasta Monday, because it's just Mondays can be hard. And so it's nice to just have as many decisions made on a Monday as possible. And pasta for us is really easy. And so that's one. Um, I have one place I buy jewelry. So that's really helpful. There's one that's a little less daily, but man, it's one of my favorite things ever is traveling can be really tough, right? With the, the, especially the on and off ramp of leaving and coming home, especially when you have kids, because a vacation is not a vacation for parents. It's just parents Mm -hmm. somewhere different and it can be more fun, but also it's a lot. And so the transition of coming back home and the routine and unpacking and you've got all the laundry and you, whatever. There was one woman who she said, this is every time we go on vacation, the decision is when we get back, we do take out for dinner mm-hmm. and her partner takes care of that. She takes all the laundry to a laundromat. And wow. even though she's got a washer and dryer at her house, she goes to the laundromat because she gets to be alone. She gets to just sort of like emotionally detox in the white noise hum of a laundromat and she gets her laundry done. And then she goes home and they all put it away. They have their takeout dinner done. Yes. And I was like, is that not the most brilliant thing? So everybody knows in the family, that's the expectation. That's the decision. When we get home, mom's leaving with the laundry mm-hmm. and we get McDonald's or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. The reason that this particular principle and this is worth the spot of a takeaway is because of how versatile and useful it is for so many things. I would encourage those of you listening to just start paying attention to where you have already decided once Mm. because you have probably in a lot of places. And so when you see where you have, you're starting where you are. You know, you're not trying to imagine this like ideal future of like, oh, I need to decide all these things so I can get to this point. No, no, no. Just start where you are. Pay attention to where you already have decided once. And then you can sort of affirm that and feel even more empowered in those decisions now that you realize the impact that they have. And you can move into like, oh, where else can I do that? Like you just start seeing it everywhere. And it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I completely agree. This is such a sparkly fun tool and one I think about all the time. And you have so many really practical tools, takeaways and ideas in your work. If listeners want to learn more from you, where's the best place for them to go or to start? So I would say to start with The Lazy Genius Way, which is the first book I wrote. I think Mm. it's just the foundation for everything. It is the 13 principles. It explains all the things. It is not necessarily geared towards mothers, Mm -hmm. like it's for everyone. But because I am a mother and I wrote that book when I was like big time, all the kids home, motherhood, and I released it during the pandemic. So there are a lot of motherhood examples because that was my own experience, right? So I would start there. But I also have a podcast, the Lazy Genius Podcast. Everything is the Lazy Genius something. So I I have the Lazy Genius Podcast. The episodes are short like yours. You know, they're around 30 minutes because moms don't have a whole lot of time for things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the lazy genius, if people don't know the meaning behind that, is that Kendra teaches us to be lazy about the things that don't matter and a genius about the things that do, which is essentially what we talked about today with naming what matters. Right. It's like, it is fine to be lazy about something that doesn't really matter that much to you and be a genius about the things that do. And so that's why I love you put those together in the title of all of your work, The Lazy Genius Way. So thank you so much, Kendra, for coming on today and teaching us how to be a little calmer decision makers, to be more lazy geniuses in our lives. And we're so grateful that you took the time to come on 3 and 30. Oh, I love being here. Thanks, Rachel. What a fun conversation that made me laugh and made me think all at once. That's the power of Kendra Adachi. I just love her work, and it was an honor to talk with her today. If you, like me, want to become a more decisive and grounded decision maker, try out Kendra's three takeaways, which are, first, make it smaller. Of course, we will be paralyzed with indecision if we believe that our choices have gigantic, eternal ramifications for ourselves and the ones we love. If we can make our choices feel smaller by focusing on today and this season, instead of catastrophizing 10 years down the road, we are more likely to find some decision-making momentum. I often challenge myself to just make a decision on the little things because it's good practice for the big things. As Kendra said in the episode, practice choosing and get comfortable choosing no matter the decision. I know that's easier said than done, which is why it's important to have Kendra's second takeaway, name what matters. When you verbalize what matters most to you in any given situation, you suddenly have a much clearer lens through which you can make decisions. Start by sitting down and writing out what could matter to you in the situation, and then decide what does matter to you most right now. That's not to say other factors don't matter at all to you, they just might not matter as much to you, and your decision should be based on your highest priorities in this season. Remember, if this exercise of naming what matters most feels impossible to you because it all seems to matter, try going backwards by identifying what matters least to you and go from there. And then third and finally, decide once. When possible, eliminate decision fatigue by choosing how you will always do something until it no longer works for you. For example, you will always have tacos on Tuesdays. You will always buy a board game as a birthday gift for your children's friends. You will never buy a dress if it does not have pockets. That is one of my personal decide onces. This takeaway will free you from the burden of rehashing a decision a million times and will significantly lighten your mental load. If you want to get started using this principle, start to notice where you have already decided once in your life, and then ask yourself, where else can I do that? 
Get creative and share your ideas with me via Instagram or email because I want to automate way more decisions in my life. Before we end, I want to tell you that I am absolutely giddy because my Self-Assured Motherhood program will be opening for enrollment next Monday, September 11th, and I can't wait to get started with a new group of women. Enrollment for this nine-month-long program only opens once per year, so now is the time if you've been feeling lost and burned out within your motherhood. Stay tuned for more details next week, and act fast because the enrollment period is only 10 days long and the course officially starts in October. And speaking of the SAM program and our podcast topic today, How to Be a Better Decision Maker, I want to share a clip of a testimonial from one of my former SAM students, Valerie in Utah, about how this program helped her with her decision-making abilities. Here's what Valerie has to say. Prior to the class, I would struggle with decisions a lot. Like I remember times when I was just choosing whether or not to like join a friend in a museum that I would just like feel panic inside. Like, do I join her? Do I not? Like there was just all these sort of pros and cons in my mind and I would just be kind of paralyzed by it. I felt like I had to call someone like my mom or my sister, someone to tell me what to do. And I didn't feel like I could trust myself to make those decisions, but I don't think I've done that since I've finished this program. Like I just make decisions and move forward so much easier. and that makes life a lot easier. (laughs) I just love hearing about Valerie's experience and the way that the Self-Assured Motherhood program has blessed her life when it comes to helping her become a better decision maker. So if you're feeling plagued by decision fatigue or indecision, first use these takeaways shared by Kendra in today's episode. And second, be sure to get signed up for my Self-Assured Motherhood program when it opens next week. You are not going to want to miss it. And if you want a preview of the SAM program, make sure that you attend my How to Be a Less Angry Mom free masterclass that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. You can sign up at 3in30podcast.com slash free class. I'm teaching it live three different times in September, and I'll give you kind of a sneak peek of the principles that are covered in SAM. So be sure to not miss that. As always, I'm rooting for you, my friend. I hope that you are well, and I hope that you have a beautiful week with your family. I'm Lizzie Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.